I thought I was the only person that loved this song. I'm Lisa Dent. Kevin Powell's here. Steve Bertrand, Mary Vandeveld, and on the phone, someone else who likes this song. Joe Madden joins us. He's got a book out and is the book of Joe and uh, trying not to suck at baseball in life. And Joe, everybody's buzzing about you being on the show this afternoon. Thank you for joining us. Well, I appreciate it. Absolutely. That's my favorite from the wild, the innocent and the street shuffle. I don't know how many times I've played that. Uh, Thursday afternoon at Lafayette College, which really was the beginning of the weekend. Really good stuff. Yeah. So diehard Springsteen fan? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that goes back. Well, he came to alumni gym and I think it was 72, 73. Um, been a fan ever since then. I went to school with a bunch of dudes and ladies from the uh, Jersey Shore. So it was it just was a, a perfect match for me. Joe, everybody wants to know if there's any chance. If they let you coach, if they let you manage, if they let you do what you wanted to do, mm-hmm. would you come to the South Side and bring the Sox a uh, World uh, Series? <laughs> Uh, that's that's a really interesting thought. I'm just uh, putting it out there right now. I'm just, as you're suggesting, that uh, I really want to be able to work again, but I want to be able to work again under a little bit different structure where I'm not just saying I want to do whatever I want to do. I just want to be able to have real baseball people doing real baseball things and supplement it by all this information that's getting way too much credit for what's happening in the game today. And actually, to a certain extent, a lot of people don't like it. So, yeah, I mean, listen, I'm interested in a lot of different things. Uh, but I do want to be able to uh, work again under the uh, the assumption that the fact that you're able to go out there and be a baseball person first. Joe, it's great to talk to you. What are you looking for, I guess, when if a managerial position does open and a team approaches you and you've talked about you know the situation with the Angels, obviously all the success you had here with the Cubs, so you know what it looks like when things are working well. What What would look like an ideal situation to you? Again, um, I, listen, I want the best uh, analytical team money can buy. Absolutely, I do, or information gathering team, whatever you want to call it. But I want them to report to the coaches and the manager. The manager and coaches reporting to these people. And uh, they have way too much juice in the clubhouse. Um, when things go awry, uh, accountability-wise, they get less of that as, a, as compared to coaches and managers. And I, I, I think just think that's incorrect. So if we can get this thing back in order, really find the balance between both sides, utilize all this strong information that's being generated, but then have real baseball people do real baseball things uh, regarding fundamentals, the teaching of the game, running of the game, go ahead and, and let it fly a little bit. Um, entertain the people, let the game be played and not be so restrictive with the three true outcomes. So that's interesting to me as we watch the baseball playoffs now this fall, uh, we're over-statistic, I guess, but what? Oh, yeah. there's so many, I don't know what the statistics even mean anymore, Joe, but what is the one that we fans should be looking at when it comes to hitters, uh, when it comes to their value? Well, obviously, the, uh, the OPS does make sense. You know, uh, the slug on base percentage, that really is a nice indicator of what this guy's all about. But I still, if a guy's hitting 300, so I kinda, 300, I kind of dig on that, right? Um, I like when a guy's strikeout total mirrors his walk total. Unless he's a power hitter, of course, you're going to get more punch outs than you are walks. But guys that should be making more contact, I'd like to see a better balance there. These are the kind of, I've been a hitting coach for many years. Those are the kind of things I like. But the newest number, the one that I, I do dig on a bit is the OPS number. That, that gives you a pretty good feel, indicator of what this guy looks like offensively and his contribution to the team. The Cubs reached the National League playoffs five times, won the World Series during Madden's tenure before everything flipped in 2019. 
Kev, I'll give you a second, but why, why did that end? And in, 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 um, why did the honeymoon come to an end in Chicago? What happened, Joe? And how bitter do you feel about your departure from the Cubs? I can't say bitter at all. I mean, those are the best five years I've ever uh, experienced in pro ball, and I'm indebted to the Cubs. Dio and the Ricketts family and Jed, it's just that after the um, 18 season, uh, the, a little bit of a disconnect, uh, the fact that we lost in the first game playoff, um, uh, Theo had called a lot of guys in. They did a little bit of uh, exit interviews and came back to me that I was not dealing with millennials properly. I mean, that's kind of like the concept. So I thought, my God, I mean, I didn't even realize that. So I tried to do some studying on it, and I tried to do better at it. But by the middle of the next season, it's not about dealing with millennials. It's connecting with people. And I really never had an issue with that. So um, I, I kind of I, I went with it at first. I thought there's got, there might be something to this. By the middle of the year, I knew that it really did ha- did not hold any real value or substance for me. So at that point, a lot of what I had done, uh, you know, program-wise, how I wanted to set it up, we break down to the report times and what time a bus leaves the hotel, all that had been changed. So it really didn't feel like my program at, at any point uh, during that season. However, it's my it's my responsibility to make it work, and, and we did. We tried to, and up until that last couple of weeks of September, we were, we were in decent shape. But a lot of guys got hurt. So it was just a group, uh, the group that's in charge, uh, deciding they wanted to do something differently. And that's what happened. But better, not at all. Not at all. When you win a World Series there and those people take care of your family in a way that they've never been taken care of before, I can never be better. Joe, how do you view, I know you've touched on it a little bit, but with so many analytics, how do you view, view the role of the modern day manager when you do have so much information coming from the front office? What is the role of a manager these days? It's more of a middle manager. Um, and I heard that term several years ago, and I scoff at it, but um, it's true. It, it's really gotten to that point where there's so much control needed or required from the front office to the dugout that the man in charge basically, um, there's a lot of things that are handed to him on a daily basis. Um, my complaint, if you read the, the book with the Angels, one of my complaints was that uh, they would want to tell me who's available and who I could pitch that night out of the bullpen and actually suggest when to use them. Um, and that's, that's kind of offensive, quite frankly. And, um, and again, this is not, it's not an attack. I'm just trying to point out why, where this has gone differently and part of it, why I didn't like it. Um, I've been doing that job for many years. I've had some great relief pitchers, some great closers. And to be, um, you know, dealt with in that manner, really not very happy about it. And, and you know, the other guys, too, that were involved in that felt the same way. That's just an example. So, uh, the manager, uh, a lot of it's scripted. And I'm a scripter, by the way, too. I, I, I look for, uh, before the game, my formulaic method, the theory, how this thing's going to work, and let's see if it plays out. But then reality occurs, and you have to make adjustments on the fly. And, there, and that's the, sometimes there's a, a rub with that with, uh, with people upstairs sometimes. But, I mean, that's just the, the nature of the game. So it's more of a, a middle manager job carrying out with the um, – front office wants, and as well as your able, ability sometimes to interject what you're thinking during the game. Joe, as a lifelong Cub fan, thank you so much. You brought us joy that you will never, ever know. I mean, because you don't know me and you don't know all the other Cub fans, but <laughs> there is just so much magic, and we're so appreciative, and uh, I hope that there will be lines and lines of people to get the book autographed when you come to the city. I appreciate it. Listen, I, I do feel it. I get it. I live there, obviously, and I walk the streets. I love walking downtown. Uh, almost on daily on a daily basis, people would stop just to, just to talk and say thank you and um, just chat. It was nothing like give me an autograph, but I take a picture. It was purely uh, this pure method where 
uh, they the, the people there, the fans are really appreciative, and I of them. I mean, I I enjoyed every second of that. Um, I felt like I could identify with this group of people easily, and I felt the same thing in return. And that's that's part of why I loved it so much, and I do miss it. Thank you for joining us. Trying Not to Suck at Baseball in Life, the book of Joe. Joe Madden will be in the city on November 16th at the Union Club of Chicago and Anderson Booksellers in Downers Grove on that same day at 7 o'clock at night. Steve has your news coming up next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom.